Welcome to episode 188 of the Canadian Football Countdown, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. This episode of the Pride Podcast is brought to you from Treaty 1 territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Ojakree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. Welcome one and all to our Week 21 CFL Preview. I'm Ryan Coop here, joined as always by, first of all, the great Adam Stewart. Adam, how are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing pretty good. I mean, I think I've got a hat all lined up for uh, when we get into playoff previews and ready to go for that. So, uh, unfortunately, can't be a Saskatchewan hat because you know what happened last week. But uh, no, I'm real good to go, and uh, yeah, looking forward to talking some uh, a little bit of Week 21. Anyways, yes, uh, should be an interesting week here on the podcast. An interesting week in the CFL. We'll get into it more in a little bit, of course. But we have to also welcome in the great Trey Colbeck. Trey, how are you? I'm doing fine, guys. And if I could just take the moment, I want to use this as my official. Why oh, lose the word? concession speech uh, with the 2020 mayor election yesterday. Uh, didn't get the results. Uh, I didn't get elected, surprisingly. You know, I thought I had a shot. Uh, I waited till now because, you know, CTV apparently couldn't count them right the first time. And when I saw the results, uh, my name wasn't even up there. There was no results. And I could have sworn I voted for myself, but <laughs> maybe I put it in the wrong box. But yeah, other than that, doing great. Yeah, we should have gone and announced you as the mayor. That should have been the uh, that should have been the good use of our Twitter account. Uh, yes, election night last night in Winnipeg. I think a lot of some other elections around the country as well. Uh, but we're here to talk about football tonight, which we will talk about a variety of different things. Uh, Ryan was was that voted on upon the people over at the uh, t- on Twitter that we uh, we could talk football tonight? Uh, yes. So here's the thing: it's week twenty one in the CFL. None of these games matter. None of the play, all the playoff spots are locked up. Most of the matchups are rematches of the week before and none of them matter really for next, uh, for the standings or anything like that. So we're not going to go as in depth on the game previews. We're just going to touch on them generally, but we've got a couple fun topics tonight. We'll touch on the mysterious case of the missing gray cup halftime show, which we're still waiting for an announcement. Uh, well, I'll talk about uh, week 21 strategy. Do you rest your starters? Do you play them to prep for the playoff game? We'll go through what I, I my favorite week of the CFL fantasy season. I love week 21. We'll touch on that. And we'll make our picks against the spread powered by Betstamp, which should be a wild uh, week for that as well with all of the unknowns of the rosters. Also take your comments. We'll take your questions in the live chat tonight as well. All made possible by our presenting sponsor, GameTime TV. Learn more by visiting GameTimeTV.ca or by following on Facebook at Facebook.com slash GameTimeTVMB. Uh, Chris in the chat says, Trey for Prime Minister. You have one vote already there. You lost out on the city election, but uh, maybe Prime Minister is your, your next venture there. Um, this episode of the podcast also is brought to you by Betstamp. Betstamp is a free app that helps you find the best value for your online sports betting wagers. There are so many different sports books out there, each offering different prices for the same game. Uh, Betstamp makes it really easy to compare and contrast them by uh, allowing you to see them all in one convenient place. You just pull the game up on the app, you take a look, you find the best odds, you find the ones you like. And if you want to make your pick, you can do so and uh, link them up to 
Your bet stamp account through the bet link page makes it easy to go and place the bets once you find one you like, makes it easy to track it, get your analytics as you go along as well. You can also check out the free commission free marketplace to uh, see the bets others have placed and through BetStamp's verified bet tracking, you get the guarantee that the odds are verified and legitimate. Uh, you can find our consensus CFL picks every week under the username CF Countdown Pod. You can find Trey's picks as well under Trey CF Countdown. Visit betstamp.app or download the free app from your local app store. Sign up with referral code CFC to start using BetStamp free today. Uh, best of luck with your wagers and remember, always bet responsibly. Well, let's get into talking about week 21 in the CFL, but, uh, you know, we're, we're a couple, we're a couple weeks away from the gray cup and we have all the teams locked in for the playoff race and we know who's going to be playing in the playoffs, but we don't know yet who's going to be playing in the gray cup halftime show. Um, I don't know. When is it usually announced guys? Is this, this seems much later than usual, right? Yeah, I think it's usually announced pretty much uh, right around Thanksgiving. I always thought it was kind of, uh, and usually it's whenever the home team uh, or the host team has a home game, they usually announce it there. Uh, Saskatchewan, of course, didn't have a whole lot of home games uh, left in, in, during that Thanksgiving uh, timeline because I think they were out in Hamilton and they were playing Winnipeg at in IGF. So I thought that it was this was going to get announced during the last game here against the Calgary Stampeders. And I think a lot of people tuned in, to be honest with you, that thought it was going to be tuned in during the uh, October 20th game here against the Stampeders. Turns out it wasn't. So today they had a uh, media availability for all the events at the 109th Grey Cup. Uh, President of the Riders, Craig Reynolds, was there. uh, Said that there is a person or a band or something secured for halftime uh for the gray cup didn't get into details though he said it would be announced next week so i don't know could be anything i suppose yeah any, uh, any predictions guys myself i wanted to see a few rough rider players dressed up as ketchup mustard and relish and <laughs> throw the according ketchup relish and mustard at them but I don't think that's allowed. So, uh, Trey, what's your idea? This is either the dumbest thing the CFL has ever done, or it's going to be the smartest. Because again, is that that old? Is there a source? Is is there bad publicity or just publicity? Right. So the fact that people are constantly complaining on Twitter what the halftime show is, I don't know if the CFL is that is that smart though. But who's it going to be? I don't. That offspring one made sense because what they're in Saskatoon the day before, a day after, and there's a day off. And it seems like, well, maybe it's been booked for a while, but they can't announce it for some reason. I don't know. Like, again, it just, it, that's stupid. Rihanna got announced, what, a month ago for the Super Bowl? And that's not till first week of February. And we got to wait uh, now. Isn't it Taylor Swift? No, that was fake. That was oh. fake. That was, they, they approached her, but she said no. And that was uh, fake news. Uh, Big news, as you know, and then it went to uh, Rihanna. So, in other words, the CFL has Taylor Swift. That's how they got it messed up. They thought it was going to be the NFL, but instead <laughs> yeah. of the CFL, the Taylor Swift's going coming to. I, I'm bet. all for it, and I, I really uh, I look forward to seeing our Taylor Swift fans all in uh, Saskatchewan watch Taylor Swift. We'll go with Honestly, that. If, if they could get Taylor Swift for the Grey Cup halftime show, that may be their greatest get of all time because. Uh, 
you know, would be up there. Yeah, different people have different opinions on, I mean, basically anybody's music, but it, it's a performer that she's bound to draw in a lot of fans for it. Uh, I'm really intrigued to see who's going to be the Grey Cup halftime show. Uh, I know, uh, Trey, you and I probably were both hoping a little bit that it was going to be Nickelback, but then we got the news that uh, they're on tour, so that's not going to be the option. We got the the CFL Reddit account trolling people with a fake announcement that it's going to be the Wiggles performing at halftime, which got so much noise that CTV wrote an article about it. <laughs> yeah, CTV's <laughs> been having a great week, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, definitely not CTV's week to be reporting stuff. Uh, uh, Chris in the chat here has got Celine Dion, which, I mean, that would be huge, but... I don't know if it's quite the right crowd for Celine Dion, to be honest with you. Uh, I see uh, Richard has, I was at the one with the Black Eyed Peas and Imagine Dragons. That would have been a good concert, honestly. Imagine Dragons was unreal in Vancouver, and this was before they hit it big. Like, they just had Radioactive and stuff. I was at, That was, like, one of my first great cups outside of Winnipeg. That was a show. And then what, they followed up with Fallout Boy or something in Winnipeg a year or two later? And, like, I don't know The Offspring as much. Is, is that not kind of the same realm, or are they more popular these days? They're more of the same realm of that. Like, I mean, yeah. the only real song that I've got of them is You're Gonna Go Far, Kid. I mean, okay. that's a, it's a good song, but is that it, all they got? I can't remember. I want them to explore alternative options. Why do we need a music Grey Cup halftime show? Like, oh. Didn't the NFL only pop popularize this in like the 80s or something? Like before that, it was seems ridiculous to have music at a halftime, and now it's all wasn't it marching bands back in the day? Yeah, like, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, get SpongeBob and crew, you know, they they put on the greatest halftime show performance of all time. Yeah, uh, hey, Tim that... in the chat saying, uh, how about the weekend? Yeah, that would be a, a I think a great performance as well. That's my point, too. We have so much great Canadian talent. Like, literally, what, three or four of the biggest people right now? If you go Biebs, Drake, Weekend. Oh, there's that Alyssa one that did the Moana song. I can't think of her name right now. Alessia Cara, I think. Thank you. You know, that you know, I think she did something, I thought. You know, there's these big Canadian bands out right now. And we, well, we're, we're going to go Offspring and Fallout Boy. You know, like, and it gets, a, you know, we've had some good ones. Keith Urban's been pretty updated if you're a country fan. I didn't mind that one. And like I said, Imagine Dragons was good. But, like, you should get some Canadian talent, right? If you're going to go music. Should we pick the Grey Cup halftime show performance based on who's going to be good in the booth with, like, Rod Smith and Dwayne Ford? Because they're always brought in for, a ha for an interview on the field in the second half. <laughs> Should we be gauging the talent based on their uh, their football knowledge here? No, I say bring in bring in the other talent, bring in the dogs that perform on ha on field at halftime at the Bomber games. You know the, the the trickster dogs running through the obstacle course. Like do that, do the mascot race. Let's do a mascot talent competition. See what they've got behind the scenes. Like the CFL itself is already such a unique product. Let's just make the halftime show that too. That's my take on that. Oh, okay. Actually, I want to go with the suggestions here. Like yeah. Tim, Tim, there the bare naked ladies. Yes. I would gladly take the bare naked ladies at it. Uh, Rush would be a good one. I wouldn't mind that. He uh, adds with trailer pressure. park boys. That's yeah, the best. Get bubbles out there. <laughs> Absolutely. Bubbles and Randy. Like that's all just, you need. Just book it, Randy. Just book it. 
Or you know what? Because seeing as I used to be in the marching band back in the day, oh yes, that's a little bit of a tidbit. Uh, the Yorkton Regional Marching 100 in Yorkton. Come on, bring them out. What you get my vote. We've done, we've done with Lake Stadium before. Let's do it again. Now, Adam, you 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 were a little miffed about uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders management of not announcing the halftime show yet. Uh, I know you were telling us about that earlier today. What's that all about? Yeah, no, um, you know what? I know everybody is going after the CFL in this, and you know what? Rightfully so. The CFL has a little bit of blame in this too. However, this is also a big piece with the CFL, uh, the organizing committee for the Grey Cup. That's being led by president of the Rough Riders, Craig Reynolds. He's had so many problems this year. Why would you goof this up or make this a bigger thing, problem than what it is? I just don't like this, that the that Craig Reynolds is holding almost everything at hold until there's people that are deciding if they really want to go to the Grey Cup game in Saskatchewan, depending on what the halftime act is, because we ain't got much else to go for except for you know, profuse amounts of drinking essentially in Saskatchewan. That's pretty popular. But other than that, what else do we really have at the Great Cup game for Saskatchewan fans? So I know why they kind of probably drag their feet so that rider fans can't sell their tickets maybe as easy, but it's also another move where, you know what, are you competent enough to go and get a good act and get things rolling and get people excited about stuff? Like we said also earlier today, the – uh, NFL Super Bowl act has been listed off for almost a month and a half, and that's in February. Why did it take you so long to figure out an act in Saskatchewan? I mean, I know it's cold, and I know probably there's acts that just don't won't do it because of the, it's Saskatchewan. But seriously, this shouldn't take you this long to do this thing. And this was a this is a big part of Grey Cup is the halftime show. So. I think this is another thing on Craig Reynolds. When when the board of directors for the Rough Riders gets together, I hope that they look at this and they say, this guy didn't have a good year on the field. He didn't have a good year organizing a Grey Cup committee. What are we doing with Craig Reynolds here? So I know probably I'm going to get probably eventually booted from the Riders Twitter page who I get followed by for some reason. But you know what? I don't care anymore. This You got to do something with this already. Uh, do what's right. If, if, if Craig Reynolds is the, is the issue here, or if there's something else up, do what's right already board, uh, for the board of directors. I hope they really at least give Craig Reynolds a very, very thorough review at the end of the season. Yeah, that's, that's an excellent point. One of many things I think they're going to be reviewing uh, for, for with the, uh, the entire front office of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh let's talk let's start talking a little bit about week 21 itself and we're not going to go through the games one by one here i don't think it makes sense to do so i don't know if i don't think that would be full-on entertaining for everybody if we went one by one because i don't think we'd have a whole ton to say but let's have an overall conversation about how do you approach week 21 for different teams because it's a mess. We've got a lot of teams that are starting their backups at quarterback, starting other backups out on the field. Uh, we know at least uh, BC, Nathan Rourke is back and will be playing one quarter. And presumably Vernon Adams will play the other three. Zach Calero is expected to start. I imagine same thing for him, one quarter. The other would, you know, probably Drew Brown the rest of the way there. 
Uh, likely similar cases around the league, like Caleb Evans, I think, is starting for Ottawa. Chad Kelly's starting for Toronto. Uh, we don't have all the depth charts out yet, obviously. But then I was kind of surprised today to see the Bombers' depth chart. And it's pretty full of starters. Now, how long are they going to be out there on the field? I don't know. And that's the question I guess I have for you guys to open this up is how are it, if you were in the coach's seat in the GM seat for a team that's making the playoffs, let's start there. How are you approaching week 21, Trey? Could you not have prepped me a little bit on this, man? Like that's, that's such a tough one. Football is that tough sport, right? If like baseball, we saw what happened to teams that got the bye. They all got, well, two of them got smacked, right? And the Yankees almost lost it. Houston was the only one that actually did anything that was a number one seed. So that's a sport of repetition where you need to play every day. Football, like I said, I don't even know if I want Rourke out there. I don't know. Like, Caleros is weird because he's in the home team. Now, this game was in BC. Again, maybe I'd play Rourke more, get some ticket sales up, whatever. But you want to, you know, keep that in the back of your mind. Caleros, I think, is only starting because he's at home. The season ticket holders paid to see him, not Drew Brown. How long they would go? Yeah, I wouldn't go any more than a quarter, right? Like, watch Nathan Rourke hurt himself in the last play of the first quarter, right? Like, watch that happen. And then I'll say, I told you guys so. Adam? Yeah, no, you know what? If it wasn't that he was out for 11 weeks before this, I would say, yeah, you don't need to play Pride Nathan Rourke. But in the case of him not playing at all for the last 11 weeks, you got to play him a little bit. You got to get that repetition. You still got to get those throws and get that chemistry rebuilt with some of your uh, receivers that are out there. Uh, it sounds like Lucky Whitehead is getting very close to playing. I don't think he's playing this week, I don't think. if I'm not I think he's on the depth chart. Burnham is not. Yeah, Burnham isn't, but Lucky is. Okay. But again, you've got to just still build this uh, chemistry. And it's very tough. Chemistry is a weird thing in the in football, I think. Uh, it, it can really hurt you. It can really benefit you. But to me, I think that right now, uh, with Nathan Rourke in his case, he needs to get some reps and get some real uh, bullets flying at him to make himself feel comfortable so he's ready to go against the Calgary Stampeders next week. On the other side of the football, Zach Caleros, we know what he can do. We know how he plays. We've seen him play all season long. Uh, you've got the best offensive line in front of him. I I agree maybe with playing him for maybe two series, three at the most, and get him off the field. Maybe get him a touchdown. That's it. And pull him because you don't want to take a chance with a guy like Zach Caleros. I know that I hate to say I, I would like to not take a chance with Nathan Rourke either. But I believe that he needs those reps or those bullets to make him feel like he's comfortable to ready to go for the Calgary game. Uh, as per the other starters in a game, uh, wide receivers and all that sort of thing, you got to give them some reps. You can't put a whole team on the sideline, essentially. Uh, very tough to do. Uh, but that being said, you can go and you can start to strategize. And what everything, all indications could be, this could be a West Division final preview. So there could be teams wanting to figure out, maybe do a little bit of things against the other team to see what will work, what won't work when they get into that big game, uh, possibly later on in November. Uh, so it's it, it's a very touchy subject. I know that probably there'll be people in the chat telling me, what are we doing? Uh, uh, Richard in the chat says, if Caleros doesn't play, it'll almost be a month of him taking no real reps. 
I agree. That's that's why I say get a series or two or maybe three even out of them. After that, pull them. But uh, yeah, I I think that you, myself, I've watched those Calgary teams that were like dynasties back in the day, had the bye week, and then they absolutely fell flat on their face. Uh, so to me, I think that they probably, you got to play them some. I don't know if you got to play them a lot, but you do got to play at least a half and then turn it into a preseason game as far as I'm concerned. I completely disagree, actually. Like, uh, to me, and I'll play the devil's advocate here, I think playing a guy for just a quarter is the dumbest of the options available because you're talking about a quarter of football. Let's say time of possession is about even. That's about seven minutes, eight minutes out on the football field. Is is a guy going to get that much chemistry in eight minutes, a couple of drives out there on the field that he's not going to have already had from playing all season long? Nathan Rourke's a different case. I think, yeah, you know, just making sure he's in game shape out there before you uh, go out and, you know, make him your starter in the playoffs. That makes sense to me. But for some of these guys like Zach Caleros that I, like, has been rolling all season long, hasn't had those chemistry issues, I think the risk far outweighs the benefit if you're just playing a quarter because you're not gaining much out of it, but you're potentially risking that injury there. So if I'm playing a guy like that, I'm playing him for at least half the, half a game for meaningful time to get him more reps out there. Uh, but Or I'm sitting him entirely. That's my take on that. Uh, I don't know. Is that is that crazy? I don't know. He called us dumb, Adam. I don't know. That's what I heard. Right? He said that would be the dumbest thing you can do. So I don't know. I don't really want to talk to Ryan now. I'm not uh, you know what? I'll, I'll say it this way. If you get an injury, you're the dumbest guy on the field. If he doesn't get injured and uh, ends up playing the whole game and doesn't all of a sudden something happens, uh, or if nothing happens and he plays the whole game, there's no problem. Probably it's no problem. But if he goes and you pull him for a quarter and he, they say rust, that could be a problem too. So there is a, it's a no-win situation for Mike O'Shea or for Rick oh, Campbell no. in this game here, essentially. So to me, you can do as you want, essentially. Uh, for the fans, I hope they play the starters all 60 minutes because that would make a pretty epic game against the BC Lions and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But you know what? In another way, I don't know. I don't think there's a good answer. Well, Tim in the chat makes a very interesting point here as well, that this weekend will be vanilla play calling all the way around. And this is a byproduct of divisional matchups down the stretch, right? Where you're playing these teams, you look at Winnipeg, BC, okay, there's a decent chance they play each other in a playoff game. Look at Toronto, Montreal playing each other, decent chance they play each other in a playoff game there as well. So why are you going to go and give this uh, other team you're playing, you know, some insight into your your game plan, basically? So the backups are going to come in. It's going to be, you know, simple plays, no trickery, maybe a little bit to try to, you know, double cross game them, I guess. But uh, a lot of vanilla offenses from these teams that are prepping for the playoffs. Right? So, yeah. What? Adam, go Go ahead. No, go ahead, Trey. No, I was going to say, Ryan, what's your thoughts on Ellingson? We haven't seen much out of him here in Winnipeg. I'm surprised he's getting playing time. He was one of those guys that I might have been like, "Mm, the guys filling in for him have been doing better. What do you think? Or do you think he's just getting a little bit of playing time, but we'll see the other guys come playoffs? 
Yeah, that's an interesting one because he is still one of the top receivers, I feel like, in the CFL when he's healthy, but he also hasn't played in a while. You know, how is he going to be coming back from injury? And the other guys, it's hard to choose who you take out of that lineup. I mean, I would assume you're probably taking out uh, Greg McRae and putting him into a third-string running back role, maybe rotating him into split time there with Ellingson, something like that. I think I would imagine that's what ends up happening there. Um, but he is a game breaker. We saw what he did early in the season. So I think it's as good as the other guys have been rolling. I think it's hard to keep him out the, off I mean, the field. I just really have a tough time taking either Grant or McCray out for him right now. Like those, what, how much lateral motion those guys have and how valuable that could be in an icy game in Winnipeg and stuff like that. Really stretching the field. Yeah, you're right about Ellingson, but we were just saying Nathan Work hasn't played much. I think he was out around the same time, you know, and that's still... It's not easy catching footballs, man, as much as it's not easy throwing them, right? So, And for some of these other teams around the league as well, it's going to be a lot of the same, right? Like Kadeem Carey, I don't expect to play the entire game out in Calgary. There's probably going to be a lot of Diedrich Mills time there. You know, you look at uh, other places. Like, we'll get into this more when we talk fantasy in a bit. This is a prime week to find that second or third layer of guys because those are the ones that are still going to play. They're just not going to get a whole lot out there. Um, the other side of the coin, I guess, is... We're talking about the teams in the playoffs. What do you do if you're a team like Saskatchewan or Ottawa that's now just playing for next year? And how do you look at your lineup this week? Are you you trying to finish strong or are you trying to already evaluate for next year, Adam? You're going for a first overall draft pick and you're trying to lose. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, you play to you play to win a game, obviously. If you're the Ottawa Red Blacks or the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, you want to beat one of these teams. You want to go and you want to beat the Stamps or you want to beat the Tie Cats. They both were the teams that eliminated you last week. So you want to maybe get a little bit of retribution. You want to see those players that are going to put out the extra effort that want to be on this team for next year. So you're doing some evaluation. May not be that coach that uh, is going to be looking like it, but you get film. And film is always worth so much to players, no matter where you are or what you're doing or what your future is. If you can show that you put that extra effort in or gave that extra try, you're likely to do a lot better than the guy that just kind of mailed it in early uh, in the game. I expect to see backups in. I expect to see some starters in. I expect to see guys that they want to see what they've got for for next year. A guy like Charleston Hughes, I don't expect to see him very much this week because Again, why? You know what Charleston Hughes is. A guy, though, like uh, the, the uh, what do you call, Pete Robertson. You want to see if he puts the effort in. You want to see if A.C. Leonard goes and gets going again with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and puts that extra little bit of juice into him to try to get the show that, hey, I'm still A.C. Leonard. I can definitely work at a high level. Uh, some of these guys that have had a bad season, for example, uh some of these offensive linemen for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, they still have pride and they want to play and show what they can do and have, be, have that on film. Uh, there's lots of young guys too that are coming up that I'm sure the Rough Riders and the Red Blacks both want to see. I know I want to see more of uh, uh, Hardy from uh, Ottawa. I want to see how he does and see if he actually improves. Jalen Acklin, you know, I would actually like to see him come back this week just to see what exactly he does after an injury. I don't. Think I believe it was just announced or a little bit ago that he will not be back for this game. Uh, five hours ago, Tim Baines from the Ottawa Sun, uh, he uh, has a shoulder injury at practice and was listed officially out tonight. 
Well, that's too bad because I actually, like I say, I was more interested to see how he bounces back from an injury more than anything. Uh, the other thing also is, is more to see uh, more, I think it's Bennett, is it, for uh, Ottawa for the uh, running back? I'd like to see him as well, see if he can still run the football real good because you know what? I don't believe William Powell is good. He may not be back next year. Uh, it's just because it's age and William Powell's had a lot of injuries over the last little bit. This might be a spot where Ottawa goes and tries to see if they've got a future running back in Jackson Bennett. Overall, I also want to see the quarterbacks over on both sides of the football and also on the Calgary side of the football to see what they do if they put their backup in, which is, you know, a two-time Grey Cup champion, but Bo Levi Mitchell, <laughs> or do they just leave Jake Mayer in there and uh, let him continue to develop? If it was me, I'd probably put Jake Mayer in there to let him develop because I think everybody knows what you got in Bo Levi Mitchell. Uh, although there's guys that want to see his shoulder and see what it can do. And I'm sure that the team in green is also watching that shoulder and seeing what it can do. Uh, nevertheless, I think that, like I say, you, you're, you're, we always say that these games here, they're a nothing game. They don't mean anything. They mean everything for 52 players on that field, no matter what it is, if it's, if it's just getting taped if it's going and showing that you got that extra effort like Mario Alford did with the 104-yard punt return last week, I, I that's worth a lot of stuff to a lot of football players. Even if you're not making the playoffs, you want to put your best foot forward because you never know what can happen in 2023. Trey? I just want to see Ottawa win at home. That's pretty much it. And, you know, interesting that both games are divisional games still, right? You know, even though they don't mean anything this year, Sure, Saskatchewan still wants to stick it to Calgary if they can, and I'm sure Ottawa still wants to stick it to Hamilton if they can. Yeah, they're beating up probably on backups, but I mean, you know, still football. So that's kind of what I'm looking for. Uh, I'm not really, I'm really not looking. I'm next week, boys. Next week, you know, it's it's so bad, like that we have to ignore how boring this week's gonna be. But that's fine. Still football. The one last team I want to ask about before we move on is say a team like the Hamilton Tiger Cats that have kind of stumbled into the playoffs with that last spot that they got last week. Like we talk about the teams at the top that we know they can play at the upper echelon. A team like Hamilton, are you still following that same model of kind of resting a little bit more? Or are you putting everybody in to, to have a real strong performance and get that momentum and in going into the playoffs? Uh, what do you think, Trey? It's so weird because... But it's like the first time since 96 or something that the last week hasn't mattered, I saw. We all remember 2019, the real, like, why did Winnipeg win? Well, because they got hot the last couple games of the regular season, right? Like, and they were forced to play. Like, what was it, this day, however many years ago, I just saw on Twitter when Claros had that unreal touchdown, right? He had to come in and play. They had to fight for a, uh, their third place a little bit. They were still playing for something. They got on a roll. No team really has the reason to do that. Like, if you're going to play this rest, the rest of your starters, right? Like, why would ha Hamilton could just say, well, we should rest our starters because we know we're going into Montreal to Uncle Gary's house and we'll see what we can do, right? So, I don't know. It's a weird week. And, like, fantasy, if I'm going to be 100% real, fantasy and betting, I'd stay away from in real life. Like, if I have, you're forcing me to talk about it right now. I ain't putting any money down this week because I'll, I'll lose my shirt, boys, you know? But... Ooh, I don't know what to do this week on anything. Oh, we'll get into that here yet. <laughs> Adam, any final thoughts? Any thoughts for you on the Hamilton thing? 
yeah, no, I think that Hamilton just got to play a good football game. They got to get momentum still more going into the games here coming up. Uh, I know that the TSN panel seemed very high on Hamilton this week, and I think that it's mainly because they've started to get a run game together, uh, whether it's Sean Thomas Erlington or if it's West Hills. Uh, to me, either one can probably guarantee uh, some good yardage out of the backfield. That helps out Dane Evans a lot. Uh, but that being said, I think Dane Evans really needs to go and focus on making those shorter passes. He likes to throw some deep ones and throw some real errant passes once in a while. And if he can go and really connect well with Tim White, who he has already this year, uh, but find some other secondary receivers uh, on his team, if it's David Unger, if it's uh, Lamar Durant, who we pretty much never spoke of this whole season, because why would we? Uh they need to get some momentum with some other receivers other than the guy that's named Tim White. Uh, Stephen Dunbar is another one. Dunbar Jr., I believe, would be a great receiver, but I'd like to see some sustained and long uh, passes out to those guys and get a, make them get some yards for you instead of just seeing the Tim White show every week uh, sprinkled in now with a little bit of uh, running game. That's on the uh, offensive side of the football and the defensive side of the football for Hamilton. I think that you want to make sure that you got your guys healthy. Uh, Simone Lawrence, for example, I think he is very close by the sounds of it to coming back. So expect to see him for the East semifinal. But that being said, I just hope that they all get healthy. Uh, also, I should add there for all the Saskatchewan fans, uh, it wasn't Simone's fault. We did not make the Grey Cup. Uh, please don't blame him on Twitter. Uh, it just makes us look silly. He, he was ruthless this week. We have a yeah. two minute. Like he was. He hadn't hold him back. And I'm like, I didn't know where it started. I was trying to go through and find where it started, and you just couldn't f- quite find the beginning of the piece of yarn on that. Like it was some fans. He was kind of going off on fans. Like I have no idea, but. That one was, I was questionable. No one ever told him to stop. Like, is there a line? Like, where's the line? He wasn't saying anything offensive, but it was a weird look, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, uh, oh, sorry. It was, uh, it was definitely a little bit strange um, seeing Simone Lawrence go off on Twitter because usually he keeps quiet. And I mean, Saskatchewan fans this whole year have been just absolutely ruthless with the whataboutisms with Simone Lawrence. Oh, Garrett Marino hit this guy. But what about Simone Lawrence? Uh, it was just like anytime Saskatchewan took a penalty, but what about Simone Lawrence? What about him? He's on the Hamilton Tiger Cats. He's, not He's one of those polarizing, polarizing yeah. players that uh, kind of toes the line a little bit. And if he's on your team, you love him. If he's not on your team, everybody else seems to hate him. You know, I've never found a problem with him. You know what I mean? He plays to the whistle, I find. And and in the way the league's going with the late hits and this and that, like even I, you know, the Claros one was iffy, you know, and there's, you know, there's a lot of things too. I think was the Claros not trying to slide on that or something too. Yeah, and sometimes well, was, yeah. He was sliding, but he was going down and he nailed him square in the head. I mean, that's he, what I mean. Like it's it, none of us can honestly go and say that either any of us would have been able to hold up. You know what I mean, though? If we were going in, I would have probably went into him. And I don't know. Anyway, we don't have to get into that today. I just don't think yeah. he's as bad as a Marino, obviously. And I don't think he's oh. as bad as what people claim him to be. He plays to the whistle. He plays right, rough. Right. He came yeah. from a he came from a Southern America. Let's play football when you're 12 and 10 and 8 and we're going to hit you. And it doesn't matter, right? So that's the way I take it. And 
I don't know. He's not going for ankles. He's not twisting. He's not doing anything like that. He's not saying racial slurs in the lineup. You know, there's none of that stuff, right? Yeah. So, but, but you know, like I mean, for like when we watch in Saskatchewan, he hits high, and yeah. that's a little questionable. And I mean, that's they're trying to rule out of the CFL. But what I'm looking at with Simone Lawrence is if he was, for example, if we had the ultimate chaos team in Saskatchewan for next year, Simone Lawrence is one of our linebackers. Bully Levi Mitchell is our quarterback. And Mike O'Shea is the uh, GM and head coach of the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yeah. I can't wait for all team. I can't wait for all the offseason speculation, guys. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We better move on because otherwise we'll be here for like four hours. No, I'm just genuinely saying I'm super excited to go even more in depth on all of those things, right? Yeah. It's going to be so fun. Uh, one player quickly before we move on to fantasy, we won't have to speculate about is the, the Elks who are on by in the final week signed running back Kevin Brown through 2024 uh, this week. So uh, they got Taylor Cornelius. They got Dylan Mitchell. Now they got Kevin Brown. They're three best players down the stretch arguably signed for next season so good for the Elks there but uh let's get into talking a little CFL fantasy for week 21 here and this is an interesting week of fantasy as we've talked about because guys are going to be splitting time guys are going to be out of the lineup uh normally I say make sure you check those depth charts you still want to make sure a guy's playing but this is a week where I wouldn't trust the depth charts very much at all because the guys listed as starters may not play the majority of the game there. Uh, it's going to be a mess to sort through. I also don't have the charts this week, I'll admit, because I didn't really know who to all grab and list on them because we haven't seen the depth charts and we don't know who's all going to play. So we're going to take more of a kind of overarching approach to the look at CFL fantasy here of where to kind of go with the strategy at the different positions. Uh, so let's start off with the quarterback position here, guys. I mean, every team, like you're not going to spend $12,000 on Nathan Rourke or 10,000 on Zach Caleros when they might play a quarter of football. If you do that, it's just, I mean, Nathan Rourke might put up 30 points in one quarter. It is possible. I wouldn't put it past him, but you're not, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, all these other high price starters as well. It's kind of, you know, pick the best backup that you think is going to play the most game time, I think is the strategy at quarterback this week. And to me, it's got to be Caleb Evans at $5,683. I think he's, they said he's starting for Ottawa this week. Uh, Tyree Adams, I think it is, might get some backup play there, but Caleb Evans has 15 rushing touchdowns on the season, which is the CFL record for a quarterback. We've seen him put up 25, 30 point performances earlier in the season as a starter. Seems like to me, he's the best option you got at quarterback this week. I don't know. Do you guys see any others? Well, I don't mind Chad uh, or uh, Caleb Evans just because he has a little bit of experience, but because again, the point it's like almost like whose line is it anyways, it's all made up and the points don't matter anymore. Really? Anyways, I'm going to go with the Toronto Argonauts and I'm going to take Chad Kelly. I am really excited to see what he can actually do in Ole Miss, uh, his uh, ultimater. Uh, he was 503 for 700 or 786 passes attempted, 503 at a 64% completion percentage, but 6,800 yards, had a lot of rushing uh, touchdowns as well. He was just one of those guys that was really exciting to watch in uh, college football. So what the heck? I want to see what he can do uh, up against uh, the Montreal Alouettes. 
And uh, yeah, I don't know why, but I'm kind of excited about this guy. So for 6,000 bucks, I'm going to take a chance. I'll take Chad Kelly. Troy? I'm going to go off the board here, and I'm going to go to Mr. Wild Thing, third stringer, Tommy Stevens of the Calgary Stampeders. For this one fact, why would you put Bo in? He ain't your backup next year. This guy might be. You might need to put him in. I don't, you know, and he's the short yardage guy. I'm going to go off on a way tangent here, and I'm going to beat you guys in points, you know? I kind of like it. I, I kind of like it because, you know, if like you're not if Jake Mayer's not going to start, you're not going to put Mayer out there as your short uh, yardage quarterback, right? Like that doesn't make sense. And Bo's not going to do the short yardage. So, you know, you're at least going to get that from Tommy Stevens. Maybe you get some playing time in there for him as well. I kind of like it, Trey. You know, I think we hit on the three quarterbacks I kind of had in mind. Chad Kelly was right up there as my number two behind uh behind Caleb Evans there also. So that's kind of, those are the guys I'm looking at. Maybe Vernon Adams at 8,000. If he's supposed to, we know he's going to play three quarters. I'd be surprised if they all of a sudden put Rourke out there for longer, but seems like you can save some money at quarterback this week by uh, going with one of these backups when uh, probably nobody is going to have a massive 20 point performance this week. Looking at running backs next, another interesting case where, well, how much are these top guys going to play? I mean, James Butler is at $10,000. Seems like there's talk that Bruce Anderson's going to get in there uh, and take over some of his workload. I really would be surprised to see Kadeem Carey play the whole game when you have that stacked running back room for the Stampeders. Like William Stanback, probably get him a little more in game shape still, but why risk a re-injury for him? Right? Like, we're probably looking at the cheaper options here at running back again this week. Let's go to you first, Adam. Uh, who do you have in mind? Well, I've got two guys in mind. Uh, one is from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I think I'm going to take Johnny Augustine this week. I'm sure that he's going to get quite a bit of yardage and a lot of plays eventually in this game. I don't think it'll be after. It'll be after the second quarter. It's probably done. But after that, they're going to run the ball out and try to kill, kill the game. The good news about this week is at least it's going to be a fast week because it's just going to be all runs and the clock is going to keep ticking. I hope. Anyways, uh, the other guy that I'm looking at taking is Jackson Bennett. Uh, I want to see the Ottawa Red Blacks run the ball a little bit more here. I want to see what he's got in case they do decide to use him next year. So Jackson Bennett is my other guy, only $2,701. So I'm going on the cheap route, but I think he's probably going to have a little bit of a run game as well. Uh, Trey? What do you think of running backs? Um, first up, he's not even he's the running back on fantasy, but he's the second string receiver on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I'm going to take McCray. I think he'll get more playing time than what it says on there. And like you said, a lot of running. I I had I thought of Augustine early, but then I also thought mm, he's probably going to split it with McCray. But we'll see what happens. And my other guy. I'm going to do what I did a couple of weeks ago. Fullback Mike Miller for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He's going to get a he's going to get some sneak play or some little uh, goal line uh, play action boot pass to him, and he'll pick me up seven points. The interesting thing for the Bombers is Brady Oliveira. I was reading today is what 60, 70 yards away from hitting a thousand on the season, and that kind of makes the week interesting as well with some of these guys that are trying to hit milestones or finish first in the league in yards. Is well, you kind of want to have a guy out there and let him get his chance as a fan, but as as the coach, like Mike O'Shea's not going to care about Oliveira getting his thousand yards necessarily. Bonuses, man. 
I don't know. I mean, I know Osh doesn't care, but how much of he's a I don't know. If yeah. if I was all there and I had a bonus, then I'm getting you know whatever twenty thousand extra. But then also, if I'm uh, Kyle Walters, then maybe we're a little close to the salary cap. I'm saying, <laughs> Osh, don't put him out there, right? So. There's a lot of guys around the league like this. Like there's a tight race for the league's leading receiver and everything like that. So it's it's interesting in that case. Uh, a couple of other guys that I don't think we've mentioned yet that I'm looking at are one of them's Walter Fletcher for the Montreal Alouettes, who was kind of split time with uh, with William Stanback the past couple of weeks, getting in some major play there. And uh, well, I don't like I said, I don't expect Stanback to play a whole ton, so I kind of like Fletcher this week at 6200 he's a little more expensive um the other one the first one i put in my lineup is Diedrich mills at 4881 because he ran for 100 yards last week as a as a backup uh to kadeem carry he split the time he took the carries and he did it and i expect him to do a lot of that again this week and he's had a lot of good performances when he's been in the lineup so these are kind of middle-priced guys that I like. Also, yeah, Jackson Bennett, like you mentioned, Adam, is a really tempting play as well at 2,500. If he's the starting running back, it should have no problem. Uh, or I guess he's 2,700 now, uh, hitting his full value there. So we're through the quarterback position. We're through the running back position. I think we're sensing a common theme here of don't pay for the $8,000, $9,000 players. Uh, fill your lineup with the guys down near the bottom across the board. So uh that's what we've got here at running back for this week let's take a look at wide receivers as well and we'll go to you first on this one trey what do you have at wide receiver uh, i got jalen philpot because i'm expecting some special teams yards and he's only 3800 and some change uh, i got javon katoy too you know let's see what he does um in this lineup and i'm gonna go with janarian grant against special teams and um you know like, like adam said uh a lot of running, a lot of uh, chewing up the clocks. So you might have a lot of those sweeps and run plays, so you don't know what Janarian Grant with uh, McCray will get up to in that Winnipeg offense. Adam, what do you got? Well, I'm going to take a bunch of players that are playing for pride and for jobs versus uh, guys that are playing for uh, for just uh, next week, I guess, or taking away the rest of the week off. Who knows? Uh, so I've got uh, one guy, though, from Calgary. I'm going to take Richardson Danny. Uh, the reason being is I think that the Calgary Stampeders will probably let him play more than anybody just because I don't think I think with Kamara Jordan pretty much being ready to go, I think that he's the odd man out, Richardson Danny. So I'm gonna play him this week so he can get some reps and see what happens. Maybe he might play at a West semifinal. Uh the other guys that I'm taking, one from Ottawa is Justin Hardy. I have really liked this guy in the last few weeks. And I like him again because I just think that they're looking at him as a potential like number one, number two receiver next year, right behind Jalen Ackland. So I think they're going to see what he's got again. So go with that one. And the other one that I'm looking at here is Braden Lenius. Uh, he is, again, a guy that's uh, looked to be probably a leader in Saskatchewan next year, I would presume, just because he is that Canadian receiver and – Big guy, big catches usually when he needs to make them. Yeah, I'll go with Bradelinius on my last choice on that one. Uh, Ryan, what have you got for this week for receivers? Well, I've got two of the guys you guys have mentioned, Jalen Philpott, Justin Hardy. These are both guys that have gotten a lot of usage in the last couple of weeks, and they're still kind of that second tier of players. And it's, it's really at wide receiver, that's what you want to hit on this week, is the second and third guys at wide receiver because – 
Uh, you look around the league and I don't know if we expect the top guys to play a whole ton. Like you look at Montreal, for example, I don't think Eugene Lewis is going to get a ton of usage, but a guy I actually really like there is Jake Winicky, who had his best game of the season last year and it, or last week. And if you're, if you're Montreal and trying to get him going, finally going into the playoffs, why would you not target him a ton in this game? If he's out of an average season thus far. So I really like guys like that. Justin Hardy had so much usage in Ottawa. Jalen Philpott, like Bagleton, Malik Henry, probably not going to get a ton of usage this week for Calgary. Philpott seems to be that guy that's getting the usage there. Winnipeg, Dalton Schoen, Nick Dembski, how much usage are they going to get? Look at what Rashid Bailey did against BC last time around uh, for them because he's kind of that number three receiver. Dembski's out too. He's not even on there. Just so you know. <laughs> I yeah. know you're saying not to pick him, but just to even say I'm pretty sure he's out. So oh yeah, that's that's helpful to know, of course, as well. Uh to check the depth charts for that at least. Um, but Rashid Bailey seems like that kind of third-tier receiver where if they're gonna start, you know, benching guys, you only have so many backups out on the roster. Somebody's gonna have to be out on the field. So if you can find that good number three receiver, he's probably gonna be your number one for this week. So Guys like Rashid Bailey, guys like Jake Winicky. I like those types of guys. BC, it's not necessarily, you know, Dominic Rhymes, Lucky Whitehead. It's a guy like Keon Hatcher, maybe a Javon Katoy, Alexander Hollins, who's $2,500 and has played pretty well as of late. Uh, those are the kind of guys I'm looking at in my lineup for this week at wide receiver. And, uh, you know, maybe taking a chance also on some of these new guys that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, can we just touch on Richard's question? He asked Ellingson, right? We kind of talked about it earlier. I'd, I'd be leaning away from him because even though he hasn't played all year, I I don't know how healthy is he again. It's kind of the Rourke discussion, right? Like, will he play the whole game? Probably not. So I'd, I'd lean away, Richard, from Ellingson, but watch him go for 200 yards, man, and you can, I'll buy you another coffee next week. <laughs> and, and this is uh, something you touched on earlier, Trey, too, where you leaned in on the return yards, it seemed, right? And in a week when there's chaos and you don't know who's getting the full playing time at receiver, getting the floor from a, a receiver who's also going to give you return yards, yeah, that's that's potentially a good play there as well if you can hit on the right guy there. So I think there's a lot of options at receiver this week. None of the real top high-priced guys there as well that I, I'm really leaning in on. Um, I think if you go Hamilton, you know, you could look at, I'd stay away from Tim White, maybe look at Anthony Johnson, who's had some decent play lately, uh, guys like that. So, uh, I think that gives you, you kind of an idea of a couple of different options you can look at is, uh, look at the, the, don't necessarily look at the highest price for who's going to get the most points or the most usage, which you can say that for almost any fantasy week. It's, uh, this is why I love this is why I love week 21. It's my favorite week of the fantasy season because you can't just go based on the stat sheet. You can't base go based on prices. You got to dig deeper into who has that underlying value when these other guys are out of the lineup. Uh, so that's what we've got at wide receiver this week and let's round it out with our defenses. Where the Calgary Stampeders are at over $5,000 all the way down to uh, Saskatchewan and Hamilton, both at $3,200. Uh, tough, perhaps, to pick a defense this week as well. Uh, anybody, Adam, that you're really keying in on here? 
honestly, no, because I just don't think that there's really anybody that's going to have their starting defense. That being said, defense plays a little bit more usually than the offense uh, for starters. So in that case, I think I'm going to actually take the most expensive one on the list because I've only spent, uh, I've still got 15000 left to spend this week. I'm going to take the Calgary Stampeders because, you know, I think they just enjoy pummeling the Saskatchewan Rough Riders a little bit. So why not? I'll take the Stampeders. That's exactly what I took. And I'm sorry, Adam, but out of the two teams to play this week that are out, I think Saskatchewan's going to be the one that plays the worst. So, uh, yeah. So I'm hoping that capitalizes, even if it is the backup Calgary Stampeders. And you're right, extra salary cap. I think I still have yeah, $12,000 left, even with the stamps in there. So I'm pretty okay. <laughs> Oh, I'll make it a hat trick because I've got the Stampeders defense as well. I like you guys have so much money extra in this week in fantasy. I think they're the, uh, you know, huge boom defense for, for fantasy points. And they've got a, a good matchup with Saskatchewan. I would expect the Riders are starting Mason fine again, right, Adam? I don't think you're starting Fajardo in the season finale. I, I, I would be shocked if they did. And boy, would that be an interesting development. If he starts this week, I will, I don't know, eat a bottle of Coke with the bottle still in. I don't know. I don't know what to say on this because there's no way that they would ever start Cody Fajardo, I don't think, after he's been pretty much uh, saying, yeah, I'm done with uh, In the offseason, I'm going to test free agency. And this is what, uh, before even the season ends. <laughs> no, he's not starting this week. Although I could see Jake Dola Gallagher getting some reps for sure. So... That being said, he might not even play. For all I know, Cody Fajardo might not even be dressed this game. So I don't want to say it's true, but you never know. I I could see just them going with Fine and Dola Gallup for this week and telling Cody clean out, get the garbage bag out early in Saskatchewan. I, I don't know if I want this to happen for the entertainment of you eating a bottle of Coca-Cola or I don't want it to happen for... I'm your friend and I care about you. And that doesn't seem like it's good for your health. I mean, the plastic can't do any good, but you know what? I just, I couldn't think of anything to say. And I see Trey drinking a bottle of Coke. So I mean, I was just Product like, oh, placement you know, you. I don't know. Trey, got any comments on this? I don't know. I wouldn't eat a bottle of Coke, but. If Fajardo gets serious playing time, I'll do the like Waffle House challenge, man, like or something that I don't think there's any like that watch him play again. But I don't know. Like if I'd be shocked, I wouldn't even want to be in Regina, man, if I'm him. Right. Like if they're saying, hey, we're not we don't need to play you this week. Just take the night off. Why would he even show up? man? Like, <laughs> I'm sure he could go to any bar in the city and watch the game. People won't recognize him, I'm sure. So I don't that, know. that would be a bigger hit than anything. Watching watch a Riders game with Cody Fajardo. Oh. He's still the quarterback of the Rough Riders. He can come to my house on Saturday, man. We'll watch the game all day and play Call of Duty, man. It'll be great. But I don't know. I, I agree with you. I'd go with Fine and I'm not all I got, whatever, his backup oh. name there. Because, uh, yeah, like it's the kind of the same reason why I said Bo. Why would Bo play in Calgary? Why the heck would Fajardo play? Anyway. Exactly. Yeah, Calgary's defense seems like the the consensus choice here. Other options, maybe Hamilton, cheap thirty two hundred against Ottawa. Um, Hamilton seems to be able to score a lot too. But 
You should have money left over unless you're really banking on a high-priced player playing the entire game this week, which is risky business. So that's what we've got for fantasy this week, and uh, it takes us into uh, another interesting segment for a week that means nothing for the standings, which is our picks against the spread for this week, powered by Betstamp. Uh, Betstamp is a free app that helps you to find the best value for your online sports betting wagers. Provides you comparisons of odds across a variety of different sports books, including the Petstamp recommended best odds, which we'll be using for our CFL picks against the spread here today. Learn more at betstamp.app and sign up with referral code CFC. And uh, let's take a look at the odds for week 21. And we uh, hand it over to uh, current leader in our betting standings and our betting expert, Trey Colbeck. Yeah, let's do a real quick recap because Ryan, man, four and oh man, I don't I think we talked about a little bit on Monday, but just re-throw that out there. Pretty I think that might be your first one of the year. Or maybe you've had one. The four and yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. And then Adam and I both went three and one, which was not that bad. We only just got the I got Hamilton wrong and <laughs> Adam, sorry, that was Rough Riders, man. But I had um, to go down with my ship. I mean, I knew that they were gonna lose, but I just had to go down with my ship. I Can get we it. Have I... somebody do a, a deep dive into what Adam's statistics on non-Saskatchewan Rough Rider games are this year. Oh, I might have to go look at that. I don't know if I have them all saved anymore, but I'll have to find it, Matt. But then <laughs> again, I've gotten almost every game wrong this year. So yeah. So yeah, real re- quick recap. 46 and 30 uh is my stats at the top, making money. Cooper Trooper, Ryan, uh, 42 and 34. And Adam, you just hit 538 and 38, man. Nine games left, four regular season, and of course the five playoffs. So I haven't clinched first yet, but you know, we're all in the money. About if you make half, you're about you're breaking even, right? So that's okay. And Ryan and uh, myself can uh, go out to get some nice pancakes or something with the money we're making off of this. On to this game. This one's interesting. I, you know, talk about going down with the ship. I'm actually leaning towards Winnipeg, God forbid. Oh, I'll take Winnipeg minus three and a half, only because I don't think Rourke's going to play that much. And Drew Brown and the backups almost beat BC last time, right? It wasn't that bad. And now you're at home. Uh, what did uh, Calero say? He's got his friends in the stands uh, when he meant to say fans. We're all friends here in Winnipeg, so minus three and a half at Cool Bet. Uh, Adam, <laughs> what are you, is he going to go thirty nine in? Uh, are you going? Which way are you going to go? Well, the only way I could say it is like this: Nathan Rourke, when he started this season, went three for three in touchdowns to start the season. He's going to only have three series this week, but it's going to be twenty one nothing because he's going to get three straight touchdowns, and the Winnipeg Blue our Blue uh, Blue Bombers will lose this one. Uh, Bomber fans will be going and questioning themselves. And going and sleeping in the closets, shaking back and forth and worrying about the boogeyman BC coming back for him in the West final. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the BC Lions. Ryan, what are you doing? Well, I tweeted this out already this week, but Nathan Rourke is back. And so is the Nathan Rourke for the Hall of Fame campaign, which means I got to take my boy here and I got to go with the BC Lions at plus four from bet 99. Um, I... You know, spoiler alert for the other three picks here. My overall theme for week 21 is I like the underdogs uh, when betting on football this weekend. It's not something where I would, you know, bet a huge amount of money on the underdogs. But, uh, you know, dollar or two uh, in a week where it's going to be a mess. 
you're going to get more bang for your buck because of the payout on them for it. I kind of lean towards the underdogs this week. Maybe not this game as much, but we'll get into the other three here yet, which the depth charts haven't come out yet, right? And so I'm interested to see what the odds makers have done for those because have they made them based on who the regular starters are? And are we going to see these teams like in Ottawa that's out of the playoffs that, yeah, should be an underdog going into the game, may actually have more of a bona fide starting roster than the team they're playing against. So it's an interesting week. This will be a close game. Yeah, I will take BC, though. I I think they... uh, Winnipeg's going into a bye. There you go. That's my reason. Winnipeg's going into a bye. They lose every time they go into a bye. Uh, So I'll take uh, Rourke and the Lions. So in other words, because Trey picked the ball, or because me and Ryan both picked the same team, this instantly means the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are winning. So, you know. Uh, you hey, know. who was 4-0 last week? Yeah, Who should have been 4-0 last week? <laughs> That's fair. And if it wasn't for a uh, silly missed field goal, we would not be that either, right? So CFL rules. But real quick, just I did on CoolBet, because that's the app I had open. If you did a $5 straight out win, not the spread, but just actual win, um, money line, there's the word, money line on all five underdogs, or four underdogs, $140 roughly. Uh, so, you know, that's not bad. But, again, you need a lot of pixie dust for that to happen. But let's go on to the next game. Uncle Gary and Drake's Argos. Um, hmm. uh, good God. Again, another one. How do you do this? Fine, I'll go with the underdog. Montreal plus three and a half. I think if this is the West final even, I'd even take Montreal at these odds in a week's or two weeks' time. So I'll take the backups doing the same thing. Ryan, let's go to you. Well, I said it before. I'll right. say it again. I'm taking the uh, I'm taking the underdog in this one. Montreal, Toronto on a good day. I think it's a close matchup between these two. Uh, interest to see who starts for Montreal at quarterback. Does Dominic Davis start? Does Davis Alexander start? Does Trevor Harris get playing time? Uh, I'm not too sure. Uh, because we don't have the depth chart out right now. We know Chad Kelly's going to start. I'm excited for that, but this game's too close for me to pick between, so I'll take the pick that's going to give me the best odds of getting it right, which is taking that uh, extra padding there of the three and a half points for Montreal. Adam? Well, statistically, this game shouldn't even be close. Like last week, I mean, Montreal absolutely hammered the Argonauts in yards and everything else, except for one point, uh, they lost otherwise they were going to win this game essentially so i'll go with the montreal alouettes again you're right i don't know who's going to start in the quarterback and probably most of that team is going to get benched after the uh first half but uh no i'll go with montreal and also if mr stern is listening go get that olympic stadium ready for a little bit i'd love to see a game in the big o Alrighty. Sorry. It was the time whose turn was the talk there. Uh, on to the next one. We got Oski Wee versus the Ottawa Rough Riders. Oh man. Not this one's really tight. Ugh. I'll take Ottawa getting their first home win. I'll take it. You know, and even if they don't, they have to lose by that rouge. Uh, Adam, what do you think? Hey Ryan, you got a coin here. I'm thinking that's how I'm going to decide this one here. Uh, do you need it, the official coin flip? Yeah, I need the official coin flip on this one because honestly, I I don't know. 
uh, Dane Evans or Matt Schultz, it don't matter in that case. So Ottawa, you know, unless they really, I'm thinking they're going to play their starters. So myself, I'm kind of thinking Ottawa, but uh, yeah, give that coin a flip. If it's heads, I'll take Ottawa. If it's tails, I'll take Hamilton. All right, here we go. It is heads. So that is Ottawa. Yeah, no, I'll take Ottawa. I'm happy with that one. Uh, they got the starters probably that are going to play most of the game because they're playing for pride. So yeah, give me Ottawa. Uh, I don't want to pick Ottawa at home. Like Ottawa seems like it should be the pick here to me, but taking Ottawa at home feels like taking Edmonton at home. And both are uh, always an ill-advised decision. But sometimes things happen in the CFL that are weird. And I said I was going to take the underdogs on every game. And uh, somehow in a meaningless football game where half the starters may be benched, the Ottawa Red Blacks are underdogs at home. So I will uh, take the Red Blacks to win this one. No, they they came close last week against Hamilton, right? I thought they put up a good football game for the most part there. It's hard to win a home-and-home series. I do think they've been better under Bob Bob Dice. They have some good pieces there to work off of. I actually feel comfortable taking Ottawa in this one despite being at home. So I'll take the Red Blacks. So we can tell congratulations to the Mouchoir podcast and tell them that they are going to be expecting a win here in Ottawa this week. course on to the finale of the super saturday saskatchewan rough riders going up against i think tommy stevens and the calgary stampeders uh wild thing um hmm. this is an interesting line like well i know what ryan's gonna take so i'm gonna take calgary just to be on the other side and we'll make poor adam pick in the middle here the team has broken my heart so many times this year. Just so, so many. I don't know if I can continue to get hurt again, but uh, I don't know. Because honestly, I think Saskatchewan should win this one, be honest, because they're probably going to play their starters because what else do they have to lose this year? Uh, minus Fajardo, that doesn't no count. But, you know, ah, give me the Rough Riders. It's... Either I'm going all in this year week or I'm going all down this week. So, no, give me the Rough Riders one more week. I'll take my pain and suffering. At least I can't pick them again next week. I'm going to abandon Adam in his time of need here, actually, and I'm going to swap it up on this game. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. But when I see these lines here, Calgary and Saskatchewan, like, yeah, I like taking the underdogs in a lot of these games, but I look at Calgary and if you're playing your backup, like your backup's still Bo Levi Mitchell versus probably Mason Fine starting. I, as much as I've been down on Bo this year, I think I'll take Bo Levi Mitchell in that sense. I mean, the backup with, uh, you know, at running back with Diedrich Mills is still pretty darn good the past couple of weeks. Calgary's been missing a number of their starting receivers. So they've been playing a lot of the, so to say, backups there as well. So I don't know if Calgary actually, even with resting some guys, is taking that much of a week off here at this one. They are at home. They're trying to gear up for BC. Uh, yeah, I think I got to take Calgary here. This is the one, this is the one I feel least confident on the underdogs, just because I think Calgary has good depth there that that's better, you know, than some of the other depth options. Yeah, you know, like on the Titanic when the ship is sinking and there's like one guy standing on the top saluting everybody as it goes straight down. Yeah, that's pretty much me and the Rough Riders now. So no, I don't, I don't argue, Ryan. That was probably a best pick. 
All right. So like it always seems like we either all agree or you guys disagree with me. Like that kind of seems like the trend of the year. So two times we agree and two no oh, actually no Ryan, you switch at the end there. Sorry, you did agree with me for weirdly, but other than that, uh yeah. So anyway, we'll see what happens. Nine games left. I got what the magic number is like three or four, and I get crowned get crowned the winner. Ryan, you're the math expert, man. I don't know. We'll figure it out off camera. I don't want to do math on air. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the writing major, man. I have no idea. Yeah, it should be an interesting week to close things out here. And remember, uh, do not bet the farm. Bet responsibly, especially this week. It is a chaotic week of football that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm saying when I'm saying take these underdogs, I'm saying do that with a, a pretty low bet, not uh, go and bet uh, something you're not comfortable uh losing here i think it's a good week to to risk you know that tiny bit for a big return but certainly not large amounts uh yeah and i'd probably go under if you're betting the score on all four games i can't see too many well i i think backup offenses would yeah i'd go under on everything i don't think i'd go over on anything they all look like 48 to 50 points it doesn't sound like that's going to get scored a lot this weekend so that's a extra tip from trey oh there we go uh, well i think that does it pretty much for this episode of the podcast i think we've touched on everything here so far this evening that again a bit of a shorter episode finally uh, i think last time last time we were all here together was two hours guys uh this time we're we're keeping it a bit shorter but it's been fun we've touched on a lot of things and yeah it might be a meaningless week of football but i'm still excited to see how everything plays out with fantasy with betting all that stuff as well uh let's take a look at what's coming up here on the podcast uh i guess first of all uh no i got the wrong slide there well okay monday uh we'll be recapping this week and uh, probably touch on a couple other topics as well 9 p.m uh central time in winnipeg on monday and 8 p.m saskatchewan time time change is coming up november 6th so we're gonna have to remember that for uh the re the, the wrap up um but uh monday we'll be recapping whatever we can from this week's games in the regular season and then next week thursday our playoff preview show uh november 3rd 2022 uh i don't know why i felt the need to add that in there but uh we'll uh, do our full playoff bracket preview we will do our obviously our picks for the first game maybe a bit of fantasy talk for those two games there in the first round of the playoffs as well so look forward to that next week thursday you can find it uh live on youtube facebook twitter twitch and the game time tv youtube page all made possible by our presenting sponsor game time tv you can learn more about at gametimetv.ca. Um, yeah, I guess uh, you can find us on social media, uh, the podcast at CF Countdown Pod, uh, on facebook.com slash CF Countdown Pod as well. Make sure you check out all the other great shows from around the Canadian Football Podcast Network at CF Pod Network on Twitter. Adam, let's start with you. Where can people find everything you've got going on right now? Yeah, you can find me at Adam Stewart one over on Twitter. Uh, if you want to hear about the latest and greatest canola seed varieties, by all means, I'll try to help you as best I can. No, I didn't think so either. Uh, nevertheless, uh, yeah, I've got lots of stuff going on right now. We've got I've got senior hockey ready to get going here uh, as soon as next Saturday. So uh, it's going to be chaos and anarchy for me this next week to try to get rosters in and get everything set up and get ready to go. So. 
yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what goes on here. That's for sure. So, uh, we'll, uh, yeah, if you want to follow me on my uh, chaos uh, tour, Adam Stewart one over on Twitter. Uh, Trey, where can guys find you? You can find me at Trey MB Harness. So always got horse racing stuff going on. You think it's slow down when it gets cold, but not seems to pick up again. Big weekend this weekend. Uh, ooh, what about ten races go for about eight or nine hundred thousand Canadian in Woodbine uh, for the Breeders' Crown. So these are like the best horses in North America, even the world going at it. So if you want to get into the sport, it's definitely one to watch. I think it's available on Fox too. I thought I saw that. So, you know, it's getting actually a little bit of prime time action. So, yeah, I'll probably be all over that and other stuff. Or if you don't hear from me all weekend, it's because of Call of Duty. You know, if you don't hear from me, I might not post a lot of stuff. Uh, I'm okay. I didn't die. I didn't go missing. Just I have no life. Very exciting times. Uh, Trey's got the, the game all loaded up and ready to go behind him here uh, for shortly after the podcast, I assume. Uh, you can find Mike on Twitter as well, at Mike Garrell, if you want to see everything he's got going on these days. You can find me on Twitter, at Cooper Trooper 42 mostly just, you know, driving the, the trying to drive a real strong campaign for the Nathan Rourke for Hall of Fame uh, club. Uh, that's really all I do on Twitter and retweet the links to our show. But if you enjoy that, uh, give me a follow. Uh, of course, if you want to talk CFL, CFL fantasy, lots of weird options to choose from for fantasy this week. So if you want any extra opinions on those, always happy to help with that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, lots of fun stuff here to come on the podcast for the playoffs. Looking forward to dissecting all of that and see, where we all lie on our playoff predictions next week. Better have your full bracket ready to go, guys. You get an extra week to think about it because we know where all the playoff positions are at. Uh, Trey's ready. Trey, Trey swapped out the headphones here. He's not messing around. Um, so that's what we've got uh, coming up here shortly. So look forward to that. Of course, uh, whatever podcast platform you're listening on, we appreciate it if you do all the fun things. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends. Help us grow the show. We always appreciate that. Thank you to everybody who joined us live tonight. Thanks for all the great comments in the chat. We always appreciate those. Enjoy this week of football, however it ends up being. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week here on the podcast. On behalf of Adam and Trey, I'm Ryan saying thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.